Hello, and welcome to another episode of Serendipity Girl. I'm your host, Colleen, and you know me. I'm on a quest to discover and think about things that are not only true, but are also noble, pure, right, excellent, and worthy of praise. I'm so glad you've joined me for what I hope will be a five to seven minute pit stop. And I am looking at the clock and I'm a work in progress here. But as I stand here and stare out my window at this beautiful summer morning and see the sun as it's coming through the forest that we have behind us because we back up to kind of a marshy area and there are trees that are oh they look like they're 100 feet tall they start way below where our house is on a hill and then they tower all the way above our house and it's simply beautiful when is the last time that you just stopped and went outside and took a walk and looked at the beauty of God's creation all around you. You know, I read a Facebook post from a rabbi, and I think he calls himself the love rabbi. (laughs) And it was about Joshua Bell. Now, Joshua Bell did a social experiment. He is a violinist. He happens to be a very good violinist. Um, And this was way back in like 2007. They did a social experiment and they put Joshua Bell with an over $3 million violin. Who knows what it would be worth now. He was playing 45 minutes of some of the most beautiful classical violin music that he does or did in a concert where at the time, and this is again around 2007, he could get $100 per seat. Do the math. Well, here he is giving of his time and his talents on a New York subway. Everybody stopped and listened, and it was a beautiful, glorious experience, right? Well, not in this case. They did an experiment, and at first... People would kind of stop and then they would listen, but then they would hurriedly, you know, take their seat on the subway. And and I understand people on the subway generally have places they're trying to get to on time, like a job. And I'm not saying, you know, just go on a big walk and ignore being on time for work. But do you know who stopped and paid him the most attention on that subway? Children. And they went on to say in this Facebook post that the children would stop and then the mothers would grab them by the hand and say, come on, come on, come on, come on. And they just wanted to stop and listen. Now, maybe he wasn't on a train. I'm going to assume that he was standing on a platform. Uh, I don't know. It, It doesn't really matter whether he was on the train or on the platform. Either way, very few people stopped and really took it all in. And I think he bust... Not that that was the purpose, but he made $32 after several hours of doing this. Now, was he there to make money? No, because he could command the world's greatest stages. But the point is this. It's the children that had the wisdom to stop. And I got to thinking, 
we all are running around in this world going faster than ever, despite the conveniences that we have that our mothers and our grandmothers and our forefathers never had. They had to churn their own butter. My grandmother churned her own butter as a married woman. And she was from a farm. And I don't have to churn butter. I can just go to the store and pick it up. We have instant everything. I mean, now we had a slow cooker, which is great. I love slow cookers. Uh, I call it dump and run. You just dump your food in there and run, and it, it cooks for you. And I love the idea of that. But have you ever wondered why, with all of these gadgets that we have that speed our lives up, we don't have to go and wash our clothes by hand. We have washers and dryers and dry cleaners who do that for us. We have instant pots because now it's not enough to cook fast. You've got to do it instantly, right? So the idea of that is sounds appealing. Uh, what are we doing with all of the time that we have saved from all of these gadgets and devices that save us so much time that cook our dinner for us? What are we doing with that time? Well, my husband and I were talking about it. We're filling it up. Instead of just having a few clothes like people in the 1800s had, they had a Sunday dress or a Sunday outfit, and then they had an outfit that they wore, I think, for six days working on the farms and all that. I do not know how that worked because with me out in the sun just one day, <laughs> with me at the gym, are you kidding? But they didn't have all the clothes that we have now. So what do we do once we get washers and dryers? We just buy more clothes. <laughs> What are we doing with all this time that we have saved? Because we now can fly on planes and, and drive in our cars really fast. And I see the mamas around here and I was one of them. But I do think now that my children are grown, the pressure was on even then to go fast, 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 fast. And there's a lie that I think we're all buying into. And that is the busier you are, the more significant and the more important you are. And I think that is an idol that we're all being duped into worshiping because we all want to feel important, right? We all want to know that we are significant, that we have purpose, and that we are loved. And if I don't, as a Jesus girl, and I'm just going to fly the flag right now, I'm a Jesus girl. I love the Bible, all 66 books. I think it's all inspired by God. I don't think men wrote it. I think he wrote it, and he used men uh, as pens. So as a Jesus girl, I understand that we, we all come into this world wanting to know basically three things. Am I loved? Am I important? Do I have value? And do I have a purpose? And if we're not careful, we're going to try in a myriad of ways to meet those needs. And I think one of the ways that I see a lot of us doing is as we're getting more and more information crammed into our minds, this means that the world and how the world operates and its values is going to have more of an effect on you. Because we're spending more and more time on social media. That's something we didn't do when I was growing up. There was no social media. Now, I'm not going to say that, I mean, there was TV. But 
It's like somebody's putting the hammer down. And I, I have a hint, a theory as to who it is, trying to give us the world's view of what makes you important, what makes you valuable, what makes you worthy of love. And it's coming down to, uh, this is why people are running faster and faster and faster and faster. When Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And this is a yoke, not that we're cows, but it's a yoke that was a dual yoke. And Jesus is inviting us to partner with him in this life like like we're cows, and he's a cow, and obviously we're not cows, and neither is Jesus. But the analogy would have been well understood then because you would put two cows together in a yoke. I don't know if one of them was the stronger of the two and kind of was sort of setting the pace. I could see that that would be the case. That would make sense. And they're just doing doing stuff together. They're just plowing or whatever they're doing. They're, they're going together. But you see, when you let Jesus tell you the answer to those questions, am I loved? Am I valuable? Do I have purpose and significance in this life? Jesus will answer all three of these questions and it has nothing to do with you and yet it has everything to do with you because he settled those questions on the cross. For John 3.16 says, God so loved the world. That would include you. You can put your name in there. God so loved you that he gave his only son that whoever, if you, you're a whosoever, would believe in him you would not perish, but you would have everlasting life. So you look at things like Ephesians, and that's John three sixteen. Ephesians 2 verse 8 talks about this salvation that's by grace through faith. And it, he goes on to say, for you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he's already prepared for you. God has a plan for your life. And the first and most important thing is, what have you done with Jesus? Because he is reaching out to you. If you could see with spiritual eyes, he's reaching out to all of us saying, come on, come on. You need me. You're a sinner. You need me. You can't save yourself. I died on the cross to save you. That's how much I love you. And I want to give you real life, John 10, an abundant life. And I want you to come to me and we're going to partner in this life together. And you don't ever have to do this life alone. I will be with you. And you can come to me. I know you're weary. I know you're burdened. Stop trying to perform for forgiveness. Stop trying to find love and significance and purpose outside of me. Because I've already given you all of that. You can become my child today, but your faith in me and what I've done for you, it is a gift. Receive it. Receive me as your Savior, and I will make you my child. I will be the father that's better than any earthly father ever could be. 
I will be the Lord and the shepherd who rescues you time and time again when you make mistakes and when that old sin tries to come back in your heart and you forget who you are as a child of God. When you're tired and weary, I will give you rest. I will meet all of those needs for you. All you have to do is believe in me. That's the world's greatest promise. So I did slightly go over seven minutes. You see, I stopped looking when I'm recording because I'm so excited about what I believe the Lord is giving me. And I just kind of forget. But hey, if I aim for five to seven minutes, I might make 12 to 15. So this is what I try to do. (laughs) But I am working on this. So do not let the world and the devil lie to you because the devil wants to convince you that your identity is anything but what it can be in Jesus Christ. He wants to lie to you. He is the father of lies. And busyness, if he can keep us so busy that we don't have time to think and we're so tired and exhausted that we really don't have time to stop like these children in the subway or in the subway platform and say, wow, look at that. Listen to that music. There's got to be some intelligent being out there who created all this music. We didn't just randomly just start learning how to do all this on our own. There's got to be a God. Look at that tree. Look at that bug. Look at that bird. Look at that child, that beautiful baby in front of me. So stop and slow down. If you've already put your faith in Jesus, don't buy into the lie that the busier you are, the more important you are and the better you're doing it. I know what it's like to be a mom and want to give your children the very best life. But if they're running Mach 2 all the time and you are too and you don't have time to spit with all of the conveniences that we have because you've got them in so many activities that you can't breathe. They can't breathe. They're melting down in tears. And we say, oh, I'm doing this because I love you. That may be. I think every mother does a lot because she loves her children. Every parent does. That's the desire of their hearts. But I think we've just bought into the lies of the world. And we're spinning way too fast on this planet. And when you don't have time to stop and you don't build in that margin, we're just, we're just buying into the lie that the more busy I am and the more that I do and the more that I volunteer and the more that I offer, and it could even be at church even. I mean, it happens to Christians too. The more I volunteer for and the more that I sign up for and the more that I do and the more hours and the less sleep that I get, oh, I'm just doing so much. And and now, hi, how are you becomes a big contest, whether we mean to or not. Subconsciously, as we all affirm each other, oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm so busy too. And then we moan and drone on about how busy we are. And I've been guilty of it too. The Tyranny of the Urgent, which is a wonderful little pamphlet that you can look up, talks a lot about that. Jesus was just as busy as anybody else, but he took time to go out of his way. I mean, he was even busier. He had three years that he designated to let the whole world know who he is. He's like, you want to know who God is? Look at me. And he was trying to get the news out to everybody, but he didn't heal absolutely everybody. He had boundaries. 
It wasn't that he didn't care. He just knew his human limitations that he had put upon himself as God. But he went out of his way to talk to a woman who was scorned and despised because she had lived a pretty, pretty bad life. She had had five husbands and the guy she was living with, she wasn't even married to him. And I know we wouldn't even blink at that now, but um, we would say, oh, that sounds like an actress in Hollywood. (laughs) But no offense against Hollywood. I'm singing of the beautiful Elizabeth Taylor. I think she had five husbands. Beautiful woman. Great actress. Um, But he took time. He went out of his way. He didn't take the fastest way. He didn't use the GPS and say, what's the fastest way to get from Jerusalem to where I'm going? He actually went through Samaria and his disciples were like, what are you doing, Lord? (laughs) Because Jewish people didn't go anywhere near Samaritans because they were half breeds like Cher likes to sing, you know? Um, Boy, am I dating myself, but there was a singer named Cher years ago. Uh, She's still around. (laughs) She's still, she was singing until recently, but um, he went out of his way. The GPS would be like recalculating, recalculating. You were off the route. You were off the route. And he's like, yeah, I know. I know. Because he didn't listen to a GPS. He had a, a me PS. He, he did whatever he knew he needed to do. He was listening to his father and because uh, he put himself in subjection to the father and the Holy Spirit, even though he himself is equally God. Because he's modeling what we're supposed to look like. A life lived in dependence on the Holy Spirit. So if you are... A Jesus girl or a Jesus guy? Ask the Holy Spirit, what are we doing today, Lord? Because he's in the yoke with you. Get in that yoke with him. He's not, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he may take you to somebody, you may make your plans, like God says, man may make his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. It seems like when I make my plans to do stuff, the day just kind of goes completely different. And then I feel like a big fat failure. Well, if I'm letting that list control me, but if I'm letting the Holy Spirit dictate what I do and how I do, the day may look very different from what I thought it was going to look like. And I think I'd rather get in the yoke with Jesus than be at the mercy of my perfectionistic, somewhat OC, uh perfectionistic list. (laughs) So I'm going to trade that yoke out because that that one stinks. And I'm going to go with the Holy Spirit yoke. And I'm going to get in the yoke with Jesus because he wants to do life with you. What a savior. Not only does he die for us, not only is he our Lord and our shepherd and he guides us and directs us and rescues us every day from ourselves. Um, But he wants to do life with you. And this life is just a preview and eternity is the movie that will never end. And it's a good movie. Most movies, you do want them to end, but you don't want eternity with Jesus to end, and it won't. So these 70 years down here, they're just the trailer. So let's not make too much of these 70 years down here. I mean, we should, in that we should tell other people about Jesus and how wonderful he is, because eternity without Jesus is a really long time. So this is Serendipity Girl. And, uh, yes, uh, once again, I caught a wind, but (laughs) I really am not trying to lie to y'all every time. I really am not. I promise. (laughs) I just have no concept of time. I think I should have been born in another country where time is not the huge end all that it is in America. (laughs) So anyway, y'all have a wonderful serendipitous day until next time.